Hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today for another PR Masters podcast, which happens to be number 55. I'm Art Stevens, your host, and it's my pleasure to bring to you the legends and leaders in the public relations industry. Our PR Masters have been surprisingly candid during the course of these podcasts. They've shared their viewpoints on how to succeed in public relations and rise to the top. And I hope all of you who listen in have learned something from these very talented people that will help you in your own careers. I know I have. It is never too late to learn something from the Masters. Today's guest is somebody that I know personally and who merits the PR Masters designation. He is Joe Cohn, and Joe is Chief Marketing and Communications Officer of Axis, a global provider of specialty insurance and reinsurance with a presence that spans the globe. Joe joined Axis in 2016, and he leads the company's global in-house marketing and communications team. Before that, he served for two years as SVP of Communications for KIND, Kind Healthy Snacks, those of you who remember going to the supermarket and looking for it to bolster your mm -hmm. protein intake and your yummy uh, glands. And before that, he spent 15 years at MWW, the uh, prominent agency where he rose to become a senior leader working in that agency on a variety of accounts. He's, he's received numerous awards from PR Week, the inaugural Harold Burson Award from PRSA New York, PR News, and the 40 Under 40 Award. And I first met Joe when I was a member of the PRSA National Nominating Committee. Joe ran for national chair, and he literally blew us all away during his presentation. I was amazed at how talented and articulate and eloquent Joe is and always has been. So naturally, he got elected, and he became chair of PRSA. And it was at that time that I personally got to know Joe a lot better. Um, he's quite a guy. He has a lot to say to you today, and I am so happy to welcome today's PR master, Joe Cohn. Hey, Joe, how are you today? All right, I'm good. Thank you for that introduction. Hopefully, I don't let you and the listeners down after all that setup. <laughs> but it's good to be here. No, you you deserve every 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 moment of it. So enjoy yourself. We're going to have a nice free flowing conversation about the field that you and I both love, public relations and get, get some of your uh, take on what's going on in the world, what's going on in agencies and corporations and, and even the U.S. So, uh, so let me start by this, Joe. You know, um, I'm sure it's a, it's a question that a lot of people have asked you. You've been on the agency side with MWW, and you've been on the corporate side with KIND and now Access. How do you compare the two experiences? Yeah, well, Art, it's, they're two different games the agency side and the corporate side, but both are, I'll start with the similarity that both are grounded in the same fundamental skill sets, but in an agency environment, it's, yeah, I, I loved my days on the agency environment. I'll start with that. It's fast moving, highly creative. Uh, I think particularly when you're beginning your career, it's an opportunity to gain a great deal of experience and you get a wide breadth of experience. You won't go as deep as you'll go in certain verticals you do when you go in house, um, but you could learn a lot about a lot of different things. And you also get a chance to meet many different people because you're working on different clients and different accounts. And, uh, and also just in an agency environment, you, you're meeting many different people who have the same craft as you. Uh, what I'd say is there's a little, something that's very different from the corporate side, which I'll, I'll talk about in a, in a bit is there's, it's your skill 
and the way you work is different, where there's a greater degree of randomness. At an agency, you could have a few clients, you could have many clients, especially as you rel- as you rise through the different levels, and you're oftentimes uh, reacting or basically being pulled in different directions. And there's, uh, you know, you could never predict whether or not you'll have multiple client crises at one time, or a number of new business opportunities could uh, present themselves at the same time. And you could, you know, you have different clients who all need to be made to feel important, and they are important, but you're juggling so many, so many different things. And you're certainly doing a lot of juggling on the corporate side, and you have a lot of different stakeholders, but there's more of a rhythm to it. You, you, you have randomness, of course, but you generally have a feeling as to when are the busiest periods. Um, I don't think there's ever a slow period any, anytime anymore, but when it's slower, but you're, you're able to better predict, um, like I said, the rhythm of the business. Now, something with corporate is that, and a misnomer that I've often heard to this day, and certainly when I was on the agency side, there was a feeling that once you go in-house, it's easy street and the workload is lighter. It's kind of a cush uh, type of job in the industry. And I haven't found that at all to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's, I love right now. I, I think that for me at this, at where I am in my career, where I'm in my life, I love access. I love the role that I have. Um, but it, it certainly, the workload is there and the volume of work is there. I have a little bit more control over my schedule than I did on the agency side. But it's yeah, but it's just how and when I figure out that I'm going to get things done. I, I think another big difference when you're on the corporate side is that whereas on the agency side, you're certainly a counselor and a strategist. When you go in-house, you're the decision maker. You're the business strategist for communications or what I do at Access Marketing and Communications. You're, you're relying on your teams and your agencies to – and your colleagues to give you information to help you make the decision, but you're the one who's, who's it's on the line for you. And ultimately you need to have a lot of conviction with the counsel that you provide to your CEOs and your stakeholders. You certainly need and should have that conviction when you're on the agency side, but it's different because ultimately there is that separation where it's the client who's, who's ultimately the person who makes the decision. Um, I think that as such, there's a different level of there's I, the stakes feel higher and they should be higher and it's something where you just have to embrace that that role and for me I think that when I when I came in house that was something that was a big difference that I noticed and and I feel that now I'm in a position where it's made me a stronger leader because you you know it, it, there's almost something that's freeing um, in in knowing like all right I'm taking this decision and I'm going to have to you know I'm going to have to live by it and and also there's something exciting about about taking a stand on things and sometimes you have to take risks so you do that on the agency side again bigger scale in house um, something else that I I'd say is very important on the agency side and it's exponentially um, more important in-house is that you really need to understand the business. On the agency side, the best practitioners know their clients, know their business, understand the business objectives, and understand the role of their firm and help advance those business objectives. When you're in-house, you're going deep within that category. You're going deep within that company. So 
understanding how the company makes money, the inner workings of the business, the real challenges and opportunities for the business, and then shaping all of the work that you do to align and advance with the strategic priorities of the business, that's table stakes. So those are you know, some of the differences based on my experiences. You raise a very interesting point, Joe, in terms of the differences between working at an agency and working in-house, you know, with a, uh, a corporation, uh, as you are doing you know, right now. You know, I started my career on the corporate side. Interestingly, you know, I became a very young public relations director of a uh, publicly uh, traded company. Um, and then from there, I went on into the uh, agency side, and uh, it was it was quite different. You know, you started on the agency side and went to the corporate side. Um, in terms of you know, giving people career advice. Uh, do you think that there's any preference in terms of, uh, of of how to become a master in public relations, of either starting on the agency side or or starting on the corporate side? I mean, now that you've gone through both experiences, what what do you think is best? Well, I think you have to look at everything based on the individual opportunity. Generally, I would say that when you start on the agency side, it creates. It, it, it generally offers, I think, the strongest opportunity for new professionals because, like I said before, you're just able to get more perspective and work on different, you know, different types of accounts, meet more people. Also, the reality of an agency environment is there's a lot of, there's a lot of attrition. People come and go, and that creates step-up opportunities. Once you go in-house, there tends to be um, generally uh, less movement. So when you go in-house, the role that you're going to be in, you have to be ready that you're going to be in that role for a while and you want to max it out. Now, that having said that, certainly there's examples of, the, of starting on the in-house side and having a great career and being able to grow a great career. And uh, I have at Axis recruited a number of professionals right out of school. And I believe that when we've done that, we've created roles where there's upward mobility and where we've been able to demonstrate to candidates how they're really going to be able to build their career here. Um, so, you know, of course, they're getting niche expertise in our business and in our category, but we believe that we're giving them a, an experience that's very beneficial on a number, number of different ways. So, um, you know, I, I think there's that general answer that I gave, but there's, there's exceptions. And also, I think the bigger the in-house job or the way an in-house job is structured, like at Axis, you can get both marketing and communications experience. That's something that you won't get at other places. Um, and in certain companies, there's, you know, there's just built-in mobility opportunities, rotations, that sort of thing. Mm. So yeah. I, I would always be open-minded. That's a piece of career advice. Never write anything off. Okay, that's good advice. That's very good advice. So, Joe, I want to go back in history a little bit, your history. Uh, how did, how did you get into public relations in the first place, and, and how much did you know about it when you took your first job in it? As far as how much I knew, not much. I had been planning. I went to school at the at Syracuse University at the Newhouse School, and I was intent on originally being a sports journalist. And then, you know, for a number of of reasons, I wound up. Basically, the short story is I left my sports job that I had in college, which was I was on this promising track where it was kind of the the program and the, the factory at, at Syracuse, which produced people like Marv Albert and Bob Costas and Mike Tirico. And I, I left that to do a semester abroad in London, which in retrospect was a wonderful experience. I had never been outside the country. I backpacked. It, it changed the way I looked at the world. But when I came back, I um, 
yeah, I, I didn't have the sports job, and I wound up instead doing music. And I was professionally as a DJ at a radio station while I was in school. So anyway, getting oh. to the point, I didn't have any background in PR. I had to go home the summer that I graduated to take care of some family items. We had some personal things happening at home in my family. And my plan was always to go back to Syracuse and work at the station where I had a job on air and being operations manager waiting for me. So I took what I thought would be a temporary job at MWW. And my thinking at the time was that this looked like a cool firm, an interesting firm, and uh, they offered me a job. And also, I thought, you know what? I could learn some things about communications and marketing and take it back to the station. And then I wound up having a, an amazing experience. I was there 15 years. And over the course of time that I was there, I, I had a number of game-changing moments for my career that kept me there. So you know, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it wound up being a good path for me. And I'm glad that that's the way my career and my life has gone. Well, you obviously, uh, you know, uh, kind of rose to virtually almost the top at uh, MWW. What, what do you think you you learn about yourself, you know, in being able to do so? You know, you clearly, as a PR master now, you bypass a number of people, which is very often what PR masters do in their careers. Uh, what did you learn about yourself, you know, and, 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 and your acclimation to the world of public relations, as well as your leadership and management capabilities? Sure. Well, um, well, one, just to be clear, Michael Kempner is and always will be the top at MWW. No, I understand people that. Like, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. So I just want Kareen Winters at that time, Alyssa Blake. There were people who um, I learned from who were senior to me. But I, you know, by the time I left, I was certainly um, a senior leader in the organization. And you know, I was proud to be one of the people who I, I feel helped grow that firm and take it to the next level as a best-in-class in-house agency. So what I, I'd say, though, is that I learned a lot about myself not just as a professional, but as a person. I mean, I went in there with no real leadership experience, no real management experience, uh, no real training in business. And I learned, one, I think part of being in the MWW system was I, it was really ingrained in me that you had to approach your work through the lens of a business strategist. And that's something that has grounded me for my entire career. Also, I had a chance to um, understand what motivates me, and I learned that I really enjoy managing people. Um, I learned that it's not easy, and I certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way. And you know, I think you know any manager who's being honest will tell you that it's one of those processes where you're always learning and you're always getting better, and you'll make mistakes. Which actually, now I'm a parent, and I you know, I think there's some <laughs> analogies between the two. But what I'd say is I learned how to be a manager. I learned how to refine my approach and skills. Um, I, I learned what gets me going. And something that is a connective thread across my career is that I tend to be drawn towards business opportunities where I could be a builder and when I could feel like I'm helping to grow something. And at the time that I joined MWW, there was I joined understanding this firm is on the rise. There's something happening here. I was really impressed by Michael Kempner and his leadership and the team. And yeah, again, I, as I mentioned before, I was proud that I was part of the leadership that helped, helped take it to another level. And then if you look at Kind and you look at what we're doing at Axis, and even the beginning of my career at the, the radio station, the connective thread is those are the opportunities that get me going. And also day-to-day, -day, being involved in the creative process. When I was on the agency side, I would gravitate towards those opportunities. I would gravitate towards anything with a sense that was laid to purpose. So I did a lot of that work. And you look at the job I have now where it is 
financial services, where that's the, the corporate communications was where I started at MWW. But it also there's we have a purpose driven core to what we do at Axis. My experiences with my client work at MWW, working at Kind, um, at Axis being a firm that's that is a multi billion dollar firm, but that's mid sized, kind of one of those firms that's really you know, kind of a challenger brand that that aligns with every experience I've had in my career. So again, it goes back to really understanding myself and and both personally and professionally. And on the personal side, I think as you become a better manager and a better professional, it helps you in all aspects of your life, learning how to deliver tough innovation, learning how to uh, handle conflict uh, resolution. So uh, I, I think I'm really going on with this answer because you, you hit on something that strikes a chord with me. But uh, hopefully that, you know, that, that kind of uh, illustrates you know, some of what I captured during that experience. Well, it certainly does. You know, and that leads me to uh, you know, a follow-up question, uh, which I actually had later on in my list of questions for you. But I think this is a good time to ask it. Uh, because a lot of our listeners, uh, Joe, are young people in agencies, you know, who are starting their careers or, or in it for just a few years, um, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, they, they, they love what they do. They love public relations and have this, you know, elected to spend their careers in it. Uh, but they're also wondering, you know, how to get ahead, how to how to get, you know, to the top of the ladder, you know, within an agency, uh, what steps they need to do, what they need to learn. Uh, so g- given your experience in going through this, what advice do you give to our young listeners, you know, who, who want to get ahead in their agencies? What can they do? What can they learn from you that you've been through that uh, will allow them, you know, to, to really uh, jumpstart their careers in a way that gets them to the top like you did? What what I would say is that something that is is a great piece of advice that I I got right out of the gate where I learned it early on in my career and and you'll remember that at MWW I didn't think it was something that I would I didn't think it was a job that I'd be at for a long period of time but I followed this advice and it was treat every assignment that you get as with the same level of importance and focus, whether it's something that is, you may think this is grunt work versus kind of the plum assignments where you get a step up opportunity. And by really approaching my work with, with that mentality, I was able to build a reputation where I, you know, I was seen as a team player and, and I was, um, I, I, still, I still am or try to be, um, uh, you know, with everything I do. And, but be a team player, produce have your own personal and professional brand be synonymous with doing high quality work uh being passionate so basically i I think that that was something that was a good piece of advice that that really drove me throughout my career also something else that i i did was i tried to get a lot of different experience and i i didn't you know like i said before being open-minded i worked on b2b i worked on corpcom i worked on you know crisis management i worked on consumer marketing i did celebrity events later in my career it's given me one i learned a lot and it was intellectually stimulating but later in my career it gave me a lot of optionality where you know now i'm running marketing and communications for a a global financial services you know insurance and reinsurance company but before that i was running comps for a snack brand so uh, you know, i think having that that degree of that range gives you you know gives you flexibility and and also helps enable you to 
to, to think differently. But as far as growing my career on the agency side, being willing to take anything on, not saying no, and, and also sometimes you'll be surprised. The assignments that you won't think that you'll like, you'll like. And then the other part of it is I, being, you know, I talked about being a team player, never being overly focused on getting the credit, understanding that success has many parents, that ultimately if the team puts forward good work, and hopefully you have a manager and a leader who understands and recognizes that you're a key part of that process. Yeah, that, that I think helped me, whereas sometimes people feel very focused on making sure that they're noticed. I think that, of course, you want to make sure that your, your boss knows what you're doing and that you're, and that you're being recognized. But ideally, you're, that you're able to do that in a way where you're, you're, you're making sure that the credit is shared appropriately or that at times you understand, you know what? I'm not going to be the lead player. It's going to be someone else, and I'm going to embrace my role. And, and it, you know, that's those are all different aspects of it. So I'll pause there. That's great advice. That's great advice. Um, so, you know, aside, aside from uh, being made an offer that you couldn't refuse, uh, Joe, what was your reason for leaving the agency world to go on the corporate side? I, rather, I gather you were recruited and all that stuff, but obviously yeah. it was a major decision on your part because it was – going to take you in a different direction. Yeah, well, I, I was ready for a different challenge. And for a long time, I had been interested in the idea of working in-house. I was very loyal to MWW. I, I still have an emotional connection to the agency. And I, the idea of going to another agency wasn't something that I was ever really entertaining. But I, I, yeah, I was intrigued by the idea of going in-house with kind it was a brand that I was very familiar with. I, I consumed the products. I, I've, I was tracking their growth. I knew some of the people there. I knew it was an exciting company. Daniel, the CEO, is a super inspiring guy. And I, you know, when I was recruited for the role, I decided this is something I, I want to do. And I was ready to take a risk, which, by the way, relates well to the prior question. Sometimes you have to be willing to take a risk and go outside your comfort zone. And similarly, now at Axis, I'm into my sixth year. And I love it. And it's that was, again, taking a risk, going into a field where I had you know, some experience on the in-house side, but I had for a long stretch been working in the consumer marketing space. And it wound up being something that was just great for me on so many levels. And, and today, uh, having a chance to dig into that business, experiencing the global nature of the role, uh, working in you know, the sophistication of the business, the, you know, the intellectually stimulating nature of what we do, the fact that we're purpose-driven, it wound up being something that all, all those elements is, are parts of what make this job something that I enjoy so much. So uh, as far as the reason, you know, I, I, I kind of spoke to it, but I, the, the reason I share all those other elements is that sometimes when you're looking at – it's not just about going in-house. It's about looking at a company or an opportunity and thinking about the organization, the trajectory it's on, its values, and whether or not it – you know, at your, at your core, something resonates with you. And, and also, um, even with the interview uh, – you know, being open-minded enough to do an interview and have the conversation and, you know, it may spark something and you may wind up taking a job that, you know, if someone were to tell you a year before that, you'd be surprised that you did it. So that's, um, you know, that's, uh, I, I gave you more than you asked for with that question. No, that you've, you've given me what I want uh, and our listeners want. So, uh, but, you know, now that you have been actually, uh, Joe, on both the agency and the corporate side, um, has your view of an agency's role changed since you've uh, gone over to uh, the, the corporate uh, uh, side of things? 
Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying what stayed the same. When I was on the agency side, I always looked at myself and my team as we want to be a strategic partner to our clients. You know, they're going to give us assignments. They're going to um, uh, have different briefs that we'll receive. But ultimately, we're going to do our best to counsel them. And at times, they may agree with us. At times, they won't. And ultimately, they're the client. And as long as the work is something that we're comfortable with doing, then you know, we're, we're going to do that. But we should be a strategist. And, and also, part of that, as I discussed earlier, understands really getting to know their business. When now on the corporate side, I, I have that expectation with agencies. We handle most of our work in-house, I'll say, or the vast majority in-house. But that's, that's an expectation. What I'd say is, as far as the view changing, I, I do have a greater appreciation for certain aspects of agency life. I think being able to walk the halls, and if you're at an agency that's cross-functional, being able just to pop in the office or, or call someone who has expertise in an area where you don't, like, you know, or deeper expertise, government relations, uh, different categories, uh, whatever it may be. When you go in-house, you, you know, you, you don't always have that. So you wind up relying on your network, um, groups like PRSA or PAGE, and, and also your agencies, of course. And then also something that I also appreciate about agency life is you constantly have access to case studies and insights and trends, and you're getting a peek inside all these organizations. So you lose that to a degree when you go in-house unless you actively work to, to get it. And again, mm. being involved in different trade associations, um, being a you know, being a voracious reader and really being focused on lifelong learning, which is, you know, a comment you started this podcast with, Art. I think that that helps ensure that you stay vibrant and that you're not stale in your thinking. So that's, um, so those are some of the, uh, some of the things that I, I, I think about and, and appreciate differently. So you have now been at Access for six years, uh, you obviously uh, are very pleased with uh, with uh, your role there. You know, you obviously play a very pivotal role. Um, uh, so my my question to you is: um, You've been on the agency side, you've been on the corporate side, you've been in public relations for a number of years now. Um, what's changed in public relations from your perspective uh, since you got into it? Where is it now, as opposed to where it was when you started your career? Yeah, so public relations has tremendously. I think that's, you know, that's, forgive me, that's probably an obvious thing to say. But you go back to 99 when I started my career, and mainstream usage of the internet was a new thing. There wasn't social media, or if there was, I wasn't on it. And at the time, we always talked about the 24 hour news cycle, and today it's a split second news cycle. So there's a number of different changes in the way people communicate. And of course, that's going to have a ton of impact on the communications and public relations profession. What I would say is the function, in my opinion, is held in much higher regard. Um, reputation management has risen in importance among corporate leaders. And I think the field's become smarter and more sophisticated than it was 22 years ago. At that time when I entered, I believe that there, there were certainly some, there were certainly many sophisticated players. But if you looked at the majority of PR practitioners at that time, uh, many in the field were press agents. Um, some of the competencies that were required were having strong media savvy, obviously being a good writer. You had a lot of, um, I would say, 
many of the people who worked in the field were former reporters, and you know that having that that experience still delivers uh, continues to deliver value. Uh, it was you know to this day the field remains relationships driven, but that was kind of almost at the center of a lot of the messaging that you hear that, you know, understanding the media, you know, like having relationships, having influence, you know, a lot of that still holds true, but that in many instances was the message. I mean, today I would say the field has broadened and you have many people who are, you know, you don't even necessarily need all those skills that I shared for certain roles. You have business marketing and integrated marketing strategists. You have uh, data scientists. You have, in general, uh, people who are leaders or who work at any level of the function who understand the full marketing spectrum, advertising, media buying, digital advertising, and so on. And even if they don't specialize in all those areas, have an appreciation and an understanding of the different functions and an ability to swim in different lanes when needed. Also an understanding of publishing and content marketing. I mentioned data and analytics and approaching work with a data-driven mindset and having more sophisticated measurement practices and leveraging ComTech. A lot of that just was in the nascent stages back then. And today, again, you just have a more sophisticated field. Joe, one of one of your areas of great interest, uh, in, and this is you know how you and I met, uh, is uh, PRSA. You know, uh, I know you've been active originally in the New Jersey, the New Jersey chapter, and you've been active in PRSA. And of course, uh, as I indicated, you you blew us all away. You know, when you ran for national chair, um, what 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 is it about PRSA that has really uh, whet your appetite for you know your involvement in it? How did that come about, and why do you feel it's important to you? Yeah, well, I'll start by how it came about. And as you noted, I started at a local level. And at the time when I was at MWW, I was recruited to be involved in the New Jersey chapter. And what I what I liked about it was it was you know I was very you know, at that time I was I was at MWW very loyal to MWW, but it was interesting to get a chance to work with people outside of the network that I typically connected with. And I was learning and seeing what was the same and different in different parts of the industry within New Jersey. Um, Also, the work was fun, and I liked the camaraderie of it. And it was a chance to flex certain leadership skills that at that time I wasn't able to – to, to flex on the agency side because I was still growing. So being able to run a chapter, it's great leadership chain, uh, training. And then I wound up rising through the, you know, the PRSA system where I was tri-state district chair, and then I was on the national board, and then I became national chair, as you noted, and then eventually PRSA foundation president. And at each stage, a lot of those dynamics were still um, – you know, were still meaningful to me, just in different ways and on a bigger scale. So, you know, after you know, really decades of involvement in PRSA, uh, of course, I'm like the same way I described MWW. I have an emotional connection to PRSA. I understand what it did for me, um, and I, I today. My view is I think I've held a lot of leadership positions. A lot of the involvement that I have now is trying to make sure that I'm helping to provide the same experiences that I've had to others, particularly people of diverse background and talent that just haven't had some of the privileges and advantages that I've had. So, Joe, we're going through the coronavirus uh, uh, 
a crisis now. The world is changing a great deal. How has it changed for you? How has it changed for your company? And and what do you feel that the uh, uh, ultimate outcome will be in terms of the practice of public relations as a result of this crisis? Yeah, I mean, on so many levels, COVID has been a game changer. I would say I'll, I'll start with talking about the uh, about maybe just to to, to I, I'll, I'll go to me last and let me talk about what it's done, in my opinion, for the function. Um, what I'm seeing at Axis, and I'll talk a little bit about about me. What I'd say is, I think for the function, it's been a step up opportunity, um, especially in the in the early days of when the pandemic was was uh, you know just changing the way we all lived and worked. Um, a lot of companies were relying on the communications function, and as as we you know quickly transitioned into this forced digital environment, you you know communications was center stage. And, and I think that in this virtual world, CEOs gained perhaps a new appreciation and began to rely on the function in ways that they hadn't before. And my hope is that this is going to have a lasting impact and that in areas where communications may not have had a seat at the table or had a seat but was looked at a little bit differently, that they'll be able to keep some of that, that credibility. Um, also, I think that the the subfunction of internal comms and employee engagement and the role that communications plays in driving um, operational transformation that that I think was elevant elevated. Um, one of the you know what one of the different uh, byproducts of COVID has been a lot of you know we've had a lot of the social movements that have gotten more attention and I think that within the field um, you know there's there's been more conviction behind purpose and diversity and inclusion than I've seen in the past. I mean, unfortunately, I think that there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk and not enough action. And the reality is that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. But what I'm seeing now, and and again, I really hope it sticks. And and we're doing some stuff at Axis that I think is exciting, and and hopefully we'll build on it the way I believe we will. But but I believe that communications role in advancing purpose, advancing DNI, helping companies um, become stronger in all those areas and be better corporate citizens. That's something that is a a related impact of COVID. So. As it relates to Axis, you know, we're an international B2B insurance company and reinsurance company. Um, we've been actively involved in the COVID recovery efforts across the globe and the areas where we, um, where we have a presence in the businesses that we work with. So, you know, helping companies reopen, get back on their feet, that's part of what we do. Um, I, I, so that's, that's been fascinating, just having exposure and visibility to that. I also spoke a bit about purpose and DNI, and I feel proud and excited by some of the actions that we've taken, and I feel optimistic that we're going to continue to really build on that momentum moving forward, and, you know, that, that's not going to stop. Um, and what I would say as far as me personally is, you know, I, for many years, I mean, Art, you know this, we, I've, I've, you know, part of how we've built a relationship and and become friends is that, you know, just living the life where you're in this field where you're doing breakfast meetings and lunch meetings and dinner meetings and traveling and you know there's an adrenaline rush that comes with that. But I've got two little kids. I one of my sons was born during the pandemic, and having a chance to spend an entire year 
with uninterrupted, really, as it relates to travel, more than that at this point, a year and a half, um, with my son, who now is three and a half, and my other son, where his entire life, he's 15 months, has been in a world where there's been COVID, I've, it's, it's, you know, I, it showed me that there's a different way of living my life where I could still be effective at what I do and be more present than I had been as a father and as a husband. So that's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. And as the world reopens, I, of course, I'm going to be traveling again and spending more time, uh, not at home, but I, I don't want to fully lose that. And, and based on the conversations I have with a lot of people, I, I think many feel that way. And, and um, I'm optimistic that you know, the, the world is going to be different and that there will be more flexibility in the, in the future. So you've been with uh, Axis now for uh, six years. Uh, I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it seems to me like it was yesterday uh, that you you joined there. I guess. Well, I won't talk about you know how time flies, but uh, so in your six years, what are you most proud of uh, in terms of what you've contributed on the Axis front, so to speak, uh, and um, uh, and uh, something that you know that. Uh, was yours entirely in terms of how you viewed the company and what you felt needed to be done. What are you most proud of in terms of what you've done there? Sure. Well, going to the point that I made before when I was speaking about MWW is it's, yeah, I think it's, I don't think it's, it's good leadership or the right way to look at it by saying it's mine entirely. But what I'd say is that I take a lot of pride in the in-house marketing and communications team that my team and I had built. And when I came to Axis, the, a lot of the work was outsourced. Um, not much was done in-house. And building at that time the communications function from the ground up and working with really talented people, some of whom I know you know, like Keith Trivet, you know, was fun and exciting. And you know, I, I spoke about what gets me going, and you know, it, it delivered on all of those things that, that are part of what motivates me. And then just under two years ago, we combined the marketing and communications function. And I take a lot of pride in how together – We've, my team and I, we've joined these two legacy functions, built it into what I believe is an exceptionally strong team, and having a team that I that I feel is just uh, terrific, smart, sophisticated, diverse, and global. With with you know, opportunities where we need to continue to drive diversity. I'll, I'll add, but you know, but making a lot of progress. But but culturally, no drama, having each other's back. Um, having it just be an absolute pleasure to come to work. That, that's something I take a lot of pride in. And you know, as I said, um, also, I'm excited by a lot of the steps that we've been taking with our ESG and D&I work. But again, I see that as something that we need to build upon. Well, okay. All right. Uh, I have just a few more questions for you, Joe. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Here's one. These next couple of questions uh, are, have to do with you personally, Okay. And my first question about that is, who are your heroes? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I'd say my grandfather. Uh, I was fortunate growing up to have a really close relationship with my grandparents. They were just a constant presence in my childhood and um, into my early, you know, early teens, uh, adolescent years. And my grandfather, he's, I mean, he's my hero. He was warm funny, imaginative, just had this ability to connect with people. And being his grandson, he just always made me feel special and loved. And when I'm at my best as a human being and as a parent and as a husband and as a family member and as a friend, I think I'm 
emulating those qualities that my grandfather had. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. I wish I knew my grandmother. <laughs> uh, also, um, you know, you you obviously work hard. Uh, um, you know, you have a lot of energy. As you know, as somebody who knows you reasonably well, <clears throat> I know how dedicated and committed you are to everything you take on. So. In your spare time, uh, you know, such as it may be, and I don't know how much spare time you have, but what are your hobbies? What are your other interests uh, outside of, uh, you know, public relations and your role with Axis? Yeah, well, I have a lot less spare time since becoming a parent, which is great. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. That's such a cliche, but it's true. And I, so I'd say my biggest hobby is just spending time with my family. That's that's where, outside of work, most of my focus is. Um, still, I I try to read. It's harder now. I was always a reader, and I'm able to, you know, it, it, it'll take me a lot longer to finish a book, <laughs> an embarrassingly long amount of time <laughs> to finish a book. But I, I yeah. still read, and I, I stay current on what's happening in, in the news, of course. I mean, that's table stakes to what we do. Uh, I've, you know, there's been about a 20-year gap. I used to be a really hardcore NBA basketball follower, and my son, Harry, was born during the time that the NBA was, was, you know, they were bringing, it was COVID and they were playing again in the bubble and I was on paternity. So I started to kind of watch the games in the bubble and pay attention to it when I was up all hours of the night and I got into it again. So, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much impossible for me to, to watch more than like slivers of a game, but I've been following, you know, I've been following the sport again and getting into it. Um, I mentioned Harry, so I should also say, <laughs> I should also say, um, you know, Evan, I, I want to call him out if at some point in the deep future they somehow stumble across this on, on search. But um, so, you know, th- those are some hobbies. I, I used to be real into fitness and exercising. I really want to get back there. It's been tough for me. So right now, about as good as I get is pushing Harry around in his stroller for morning walks. That's, um, <laughs> you know, that's about as good as it gets, badly. And one final question, Joe. Uh, where do you see Joe Cohn in the years ahead? Yeah. Well, I'd say I'm focused on the present. Uh, as I said, I'm very vested in the work that I'm doing at Axis. I'm very committed to building on the work that we've done so far. And at home, I'm very focused on being a dad, a husband, and raising our family. So, you know, it's maybe not the the most compelling answer, but that is that's where my focus is. All right. Okay. Well, you know, that makes a great deal of sense, given your present situation. I can understand why you're, you know, why you you're focusing on the here and now in terms of all that's going on in your life. So, hey, Joe, my dear friend, Joe Cohn, on behalf of our PR Masters podcast listeners, thank you so much. Really, thank you so much for sharing all of your tremendous uh, insights and advice today. So, we're very grateful to you, and I hope you come back again. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, indeed, Joe Cohn, you are a PR master, and Thank you all for joining us today. You've been listening to my interview with Joe Cohn, who is a leader in the public relations industry, uh, a leader at Access and a leader in PRSA, and uh, somebody whose career I will continue to follow because he's a man on the move, and he has integrity, he has our trust, and obviously he has the total confidence in the company he works for. So thanks again, Joe. So anyway, thank you all for listening today. I am Art Stevens, your host. I am managing partner of the Stevens Group, and I am signing off right now. So see you at the next PR Masters podcast. Take care, everybody, and be well.